with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Okay, my name is Dave Everett, and you can probably tell by my voice it's really not Tom Brown. Uh, I want to welcome you to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm filling in for Tom today. And today we're going to be talking about the subject, the issue of life and uh, the sanctity of human life. Uh, Simply stated, it's the reverence for and sacredness of each and every human life based on its intrinsic worth and equal value, regardless of its stage or condition from conception till natural death. I have the privilege of... uh, heading up the Crisis Pregnancy Centers of Greater Phoenix, now called Choices Pregnancy Center, uh, for uh, almost two and a half decades. And now uh, we have a new head of the ministry. Uh, His name is Raul Reyes. He'll be joining us here uh, today. Raul's my dear friend. He's now the current president and CEO. And Raul will uh, will be joining us. We'll be talking a little about it. But today we're going to talk about the issue of life, what's going on in our city, what's going on in the state of Arizona, what's going on relative to bringing uh, practical help and support for women and families uh, in stress pregnancies, crisis pregnancies, uh, unplanned pregnancies. And what is God's call to that whole issue? How do we measure up in our time and in our day? And... Uh, so we're gonna. That's gonna be our subject today. And if you want to call in, we'll try to take calls. The number for the call in is 602-274-1360. Also, I have with me in studio today my dear friend Benta Clark. Uh, Benta is the new uh, executive director of Arizona Life Coalition. Uh, Benta, kind of give us a give us a hello and and uh, introduce yourself. I'll t- we'll talk a little bit to Benta. Benta is heading up uh, Arizona Life Coalition, which is a statewide initiative on bringing uh, help and support to families and women in crisis. And uh, Bentus, tell us a little about how long you've been on board with Arizona Life Coalition and what, what's happening with you there. Hi, Dave. Well, I'm really glad to be with you today. It's kind of a, a lifelong bucket list item for me because I'm sitting in the radio studio with I would say probably one of the leaders who is responsible for me being pro-life today, and that's you. And um, so I've been with the Arizona Life Coalition for about nine months now, and from Arizona originally, and traveled back from um, from Colorado. I moved to Colorado as a child, and then moved back to Arizona last August. So I've experienced a little of the beloved heat here that you have. <laughs> And we haven't got there yet. Not it's yet. There. It's going <laughs> to um, heat up a little this week. That's what yeah. I've heard, roasty toasty. So, um, so yeah, I've been with the Arizona Life Coalition for nine months, really just getting my feet planted on the ground and have some great leadership, yourself included. It's been a really exciting time. Well, we're glad we're glad you're here. I know I've had the privilege of uh, knowing your mom and dad. Uh, you have a great family, um, a family that's been really devoted to not only the cause of Christ but to the cause of life. Um, we're going we're gonna to be talking about that today in terms of uh, trying to get a broader perspective, help people understand what's going on in our state overall. Um, my history uh, with, uh, with this work began uh, way back in uh, 1980. Uh, and I think um, at that time, there was very little help for women in a stressed pregnancy. 
Since that time, we've seen the emergence of almost uh, 45 or more centers, uh, pregnancy centers, pregnancy help centers in the in the state of Arizona. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And uh, so if you are just joining us and you want others to hear, give them a call. We'll be back in just a few moments. I'm uh, filling in for Tom Brown today. Uh, KP uh, for Koinonia, Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. So stay with us. Uh, give a call to someone who you think might be interested in learning a little bit about alternatives, about the issue of the loss of the sanctity of human life in our time, and what we as Christians can do about that. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. I'm Dave Everett, uh, founder of Crisis Pregnancy Centers of Greater Phoenix. I serve uh, the CPCs of Greater Phoenix uh, as strategic partnerships. With me in studio today, I'm filling in for Tom Brown, if you uh, can't recognize the difference in the voices. <laughs> Tom's been a great friend through the years, but I'm in studio today with Benta Clark Hello. and my dear friend uh, Raul Reyes, who's now uh, stepped in the role uh, to be the president and CEO of CPCs of Greater Phoenix, which are actually called, the centers are called Choices Pregnancy Center. Welcome. Raul, why don't you introduce yourself and say a few opening lines there? Well, wow, that's a pretty good introduction just to be able to say that I'm very good friends with uh, David Everett, founder, uh, and, and for many, many years, president and leader and guru of the CPCs of Greater Phoenix, and uh, also my mentor for Close to 30 years, so I'm delighted to be here with you, Dave. Well, it's great to be here. I'm going to kick off this segment. Uh, we just have uh, a few minutes in this segment, and I want to kick off this segment with something that most people probably have heard a little about. Maybe, um, and this addresses the real deep end of the subject uh, and the controversy that's emerged over the last year, although this has been an ongoing issue with those who oppose life and who don't support life. Uh, in terms of the issue that brewed over the summer with Planned Parenthood. And I want to play this brief clip, which kind of sets the tone for the problem we have in America. Uh, Basically, there's two sides on the issue. You can cut the air with a knife. And this uh, represents what uh, has emerged as an existing problem in our country with the emergence of organizations, in this case a nonprofit called Planned Parenthood, and what they have been doing. So I'm going to play this clip which was uh, just uh, recently on Fox News. Investigations and defunding of Planned Parenthood over the alleged selling of body parts from aborted fetuses. There is a larger point to be made about the industry. Senior political analyst Britt Hume is here with that tonight. Good evening, Britt. Hi, Brett. Whatever comes of the revelations about Planned Parenthood and its participation in the traffic in fetal body parts, those revelations will have achieved one thing. They have parted the veil of antiseptic tidiness behind which the abortion industry has for so long operated. The sight of a senior Planned Parenthood official and a doctor to boot discussing the market for fetal body parts in between bites of salad and sips of wine was stomach turning. That's because it laid bare the essentially brutal nature of abortion. Let's be blunt. 
Abortion involves the extraction and killing of a human life, which within a couple of weeks of pregnancy has a beating heart. Five weeks in, its hands and legs begin to grow. It is these tiny creatures, and too often ones that are far more developed, that are pulled from a mother's womb and crushed with forceps. Oh, but oh so carefully, lest body parts that could later be sold or preserved. This gruesome procedure shows the extent to which we, as a people, have been anesthetized by the estimated 55 million, 55 million abortions performed since the Supreme Court discovered a constitutional right to that procedure 42 years ago. Will we as a nation not someday come to look upon that decision and what it has done to us, not to mention the 55 million, with horror and regret? One can only hope we will. Well, if that doesn't... Uh jumpstart your heart, nothing will. Um, he said to a large uh, point is to uh, be made, a, um, is to, is the, the whole industry that's emerged as a result of uh, the taking of innocent human life, uh, the antiseptic tidiness he talks about. When we abandon as a culture as we have the reverence for human life as an ethic, which we get uh, from our Judeo-Christian values, in which um, are foundational to America. And when we abandon the Word of God, which calls us in Proverbs and in many other places in Jeremiah and in Psalm 139, to be an advocate for life, to be a protector. The Bible says, if you say we didn't know this, does he not consider it who weighs the hearts? It says to deliver those who are being taken away to death and those are staggering to slaughter. When what's happened is that there has been a huge deception that has come upon our nation, uh, which has uh, emerged uh, in terms of the actual taking an innocent human life before it's born. And what are we going to do as Christians uh, in regard to that? I remember way back when, when I first saw my first film uh, in uh, Dallas, Texas in 1980, just before Ronald Reagan was elected, so you can get an idea how old I am. Um, and that film showed two abortions and a live birth. And when my wife and I walked out of there, we were just stunned. And we said, what can we do? What should we do? The good news is, first of all, the gospel. Jesus Christ uh, offers repentance and forgiveness to all those who will turn to him. Uh, He is able to forgive and to heal. Uh, We've had many women in our ministry at CPCs and Choices Pregnancy Center who through the years have gone through this tragedy, have been healed, and are now advocates for life and serving day to day, bringing a message of life and hope, a non-judgmental word to women and families, helping them recover from past abortions and or providing all the help that they would need uh, to carry a child to term. Raul, you're in the catbird seat now at CPC. We see about 13,000 visits a year. Uh, you've been in the ministry um, or the work of uh, providing alternatives with your wife, Chris, for many years, and we've had the privilege to work together. Um, when you think of where we are in America today, uh, and uh, what do you see in terms of a hopeful way forward, which really is defined by the word that introduces the gospel of the kingdom, repentance? You know, when I look at the situation, I mean, it's not monolithic. You've got various segments feeling different ways. I think that people, maybe, Dave, your age, you know, really, really ancient. (laughs) (laughs) Or my age. We have the Uh, wild hairs and the gray hairs. I call them the gray hairs. That's us. The wild hairs are the the emerging millennials. And we're going to hear hear from Venta on that one. (laughs) 
I think sometimes people, you know, maybe 40 and over and into their 60s and 70s, we may be a little tired. It's like, boy, are we going to talk about this subject again? And when is this subject going to be over? And, you know, let's just talk about something positive for a mm-hmm. while. I think people are getting a little tired of it, the older folks. But the, the younger generation, they've got the passion. That's where my hope is. When you ask me what, what I see, I hope for the future, I see a hope in a generation that is more pro-life than any other generation that has come before it. A generation that realizes it's us. We're the ones, our brothers and sisters. It's our community that has been devastated by this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, embracing of a philosophy that says, our, you know, you can determine when my value, when my life has value. Mm-hmm. So these young people, they are also very holistic. So they're saying, hey, I'm, I'm not going to just separate abortion from foster care and from the homeless. I want to care about all of that. So yeah. the social justice language that they use is very inclusive. Uh, and now some of them don't understand yet mm-hmm. that we need to include the, the the sanctity of life issue yeah. with that, but many of them, many of them are are right on dead center. Understand the importance of it, understand you know the the, the significance of the attack that they are under, mm-hmm. and they are making a lifelong commitment. So actually, I'm kind of I always hitch my star to Christ, but in terms of what's going on here on the earth and what gives me hope, it's the younger generation. That's what gives me hope. Bento, you want to speak to that? Well, one, of the, one of the things that Raul was saying about social justice, because I know that's a big theme among millennials. Uh, however, a lot of times when I go to, to mission seminars or mission um, um, conferences, I don't always see the reverence for life or the sanctity of human life or alternatives and what we're doing in centers all across the, the nation. I don't see that as a big, uh, even present. Sometimes they don't even discuss the issue. But I'm wondering when you hear what Raul is saying, and we're actually, yeah, there's a point where we're going to be handing over the baton to a younger generation. What do you see among your, because um, you are young, but you, you, would, you <laughs> might even say you're not. But, I mean, you're, 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 you're able to look both in both directions. You're able mm-hmm. to look at the senior generation, those of us who have gray hair, uh, and you're able to look at the, the gray hairs and the wild hairs, which is the younger millennials. <laughs> what are you seeing there, uh, Benta? Absolutely. Well, first, when I hear what Raul says, it, it just humbles me. And that's, that's the truth, is um, nothing that is successful in the millennial generation, whether or not we as millennials want to admit it, is successful without the wisdom that has come before us. And I truly believe that um, one of the great parts of where I am in this work is being able to see the history that has made this movement so successful and also being able to see the future um, because I'm right in the middle. I'm not old. I'm not young. But I, um, I definitely feel the call of God to revere what has been done before and improve on it. It's kind of like when parents raise their children, be better than I was. And I feel like that's what your generation has done for this generation. As Raul mentioned, we are the most pro-life generation thus far. And also what you said, Dave, really resonates with me is you wouldn't know that if you walked into a lot of maybe millennial events. They're not, you know, screaming, oh, you know, Abortion is murder and all of those things. They're not doing, they're not fighting this battle on that front. What I do see is millennials are very passionate about valuing life overall. 
they are very passionate about, you know, for example, I'll just use a very successful social justice issue is human trafficking. Nobody wants slaves. Nobody wants a little girl taken off the streets and sold for sex trafficking. Nobody wants that. But as as I've been learning from both um, Raul and you, that has such a deep root in this issue and in the overall sin issue in our nation. So I don't see these. I think millennials, unfortunately, and, and this is this is a good and bad is for so long. The dig that I have personally said about the pro-life movement is, oh, it's just so political. Well, the fact of the matter is, is the, the minute that the Supreme Court legalized it, it became a political issue. And you cannot get away from that. You cannot hide from that. You can't say, well, it's political, therefore I'm not going to touch it. No, this was a sin issue before it was a political issue. And so it is our obligation and our mandate by God to address this issue at the bare root, which is the sin aspect of it. And at that point, once we make this unthinkable, we will be able to make it illegal. So That's well said. And I, I think uh, you raise the issue, yeah, we just can't. Uh, as Christians today, dodge the issue because we want to classify it over here as political. It is root, and its root, it's a spiritual issue. Uh, you're listening to 13th, uh, well, it's going to 13th floor. <laughs> That's what we used to do here at 13th floor. Uh, I'm Dave Everett filling in for Tom Brown, and you're listening to Faith Talk 1360 on KPXQ. We're going to be back in a few minutes, and we're going to be talking about some of the things that can be done. We're going to look at the church and how. Uh, the church engages or disengages from the issue and why they, why the church, we as the church should. And we're going to look at some of the statistical um, numbers out there in terms of women who are, are seeking or getting abortions and how, uh, how, how many of those are in the church and how we can heal and bring God's word of, of healing, hope, and restoration to the church in our city and in our state. You're listening 13th uh, or KPXQ, give us a listen in and we'll be right Okay, welcome back. You're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. I'm Dave Everett, filling in for Tom Brown. And today we're talking about the issue of life, the sanctity of human life, the reverence for human life. Uh, I don't know if sanctity is kind of an older word. Uh, so we can, you can use the word reverence. Uh, the Bible talks uh, about our need as Christians to protect those who are being taken away to death. Those are staggering to slaughter. Oh, hold them back, it says in Proverbs 24. Um, I want, we're going to talk right now. We're in studio with Raul Reyes. Raul is the uh, uh, current president, CEO of Crisis Pregnancy Centers of Greater Phoenix, now known as Choices Pregnancy Centers. And we're also here with Benta Clark. Benta is the executive director, president, slash, uh, slash of the Arizona Life Coalition. Uh, and we're going to be talking uh, in this segment about some of the things that we can be doing, and what is the condition uh, of the church related to the issue of life? Uh, I know that uh, in Arizona here we have a a huge number of churches that really do get it. They're on board. They want to be on board. They want to do more. And uh, that's what we're really all about. How can we partner as organizations that are already out there established, uh, providing workable biblical alternatives uh, to uh, the tragedy of a unplanned pregnancy and what that could lead to. I want to uh, just uh, dateline February 2016. Here's an article that came out recently, and it says, women went to church while getting abortions. Women went to church while getting abortions. Nearly half of the women 
who've had abortions report that they attended church at the time of their abortion. According to statistics from LifeWay Research, a 2015 survey found that 43% of women who had abortions were attending at least monthly, 20% attended weekly, and 6% attended several times a week. However, 76% of these women said that their church had no influence on the decision to have an abortion, and 52% say that nobody at the church knew they had an aborted a baby. Only 7% shared their decision to abort with someone at church, and the majority of the women felt the church is not prepared to help with unplanned pregnancies, and they feared judgment, gossip, and inaccurate advice about pregnancy options from the church. Stunning, but I have to say true. Um, most of us who uh, are involved really in the front lines of the work, and we have a huge number of, of staff in our centers that work. We, we have a whole medical piece. Uh, we do ultrasounds. We do um, uh, pregnancy testing. Uh, we do STD, sexually transmitted disease testing. We bring all the services that a woman would need, a family would need, and it's all free and confidential. And so there is help out there, but the problem is we have a disconnect apparently between what's known in the congregational setting and what exists out there in terms of hope and help. Um, Raul, I'm going to throw this at you because you've been writing on this, and I want, Benta, you to give us this, your perspective on this as a younger person, as a millennial, and someone who's heading up the uh, kind of a statewide issue. How do we look at this, and how can we bring restoration and, uh, and hope and help uh, to resolve and help to overcome this problem. Throwing an awful lot out there at me. That's a, a lot to try to deal with in a one sentence, one or two well, sentences. Well, take it one bite at a time like eating an elephant. Well, let's, let's look at, like, at how we got here. You know, there, starting at the 60s, there was a sexual revolution. It, it was a tsunami that swept away the cultural standards that had existed in this nation uh, But I thought that was over. Generations. I thought that was over with. You thought what was over the, with? The sexual revolution. Yeah. That was the 60s uh-huh. and the flower. To, but, but it's here on steroids, isn't it? It's here on steroids. It's that sexual revolution then, then laid a new foundation, a new worldview. And, and, and the people who are leaders in, of the corporations, of the media, in business, in law, in the government, these are people that grew up, they're our age, they grew up with that, the foundation of a radically different set of beliefs. And, 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 and that has permeated our culture and every aspect of society. And what is the church made of? The church is made up of individuals who live in the culture every day. Therefore, every aspect of that toxic Uh, kind of belief system has entered into the church. So every hurt, every wound, every grief that people are dealing with out in the world as a result of rejecting the sanctity of human life and rejecting the sovereignty of God and rejecting 
sexual integrity, all of that is now being brought into the church. And pastors are overwhelmed and do not really know. They have not been equipped. They have not been trained. But how do you deal with the situation where so many of my people, not few, but the majority of them who aren't married are living together? And they're asking, and then if they, you know, I have to ask everyone who asked to ask me to marry them, are you guys living together? Because nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have 60 to 70 percent of the women you know, who have um, had an abortion. And you've got a huge percentage of men who are on some, uh, at some level addicted to some kind of sexual pornography or, mm-hmm. or sexual immorality. And then you have children who are being taught that things that we were taught were absolutely bizarre are now being taught it's absolutely normal and they should mm-hmm. experiment and behave that way. Mm-hmm. So how does a pastor be able to respond to all of this? And on top of that, you know, he doesn't want to alienate everybody. So if I start coming down real hard on all this stuff when all of my people are involved in one way right. to an, or another, am yeah. I going to start losing my people? And if I lose, my, you know, then it gets into that whole thing about giving. It's, it's a very, very complex issue. We didn't get here overnight, mm-hmm. although there was a, a huge turnaround in the 60s but it's going to take some time of going back to the word, going back to grace, going back to to humility. You know, Mm -hmm. Jesus dealt with some pretty radical stuff in his time. So they bring a woman to him, or he actually meets a woman, you know, at the well, and she's had, you know, a lot of sexual relationships, which in that time, that was pretty radical. And, you know, Mm -hmm. she goes, you know, where's your husband? He's not here. Yeah, well, you've had, you know, four husbands, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. So, but what does he do with her? He, he loves her. Right. He gives her forgiveness and he yeah. gives her grace. What does he do with the woman? This woman was caught in the very act of adultery. According to our law, she should be stoned. And what does he say? Mm-hmm. He says, you, know, you, you guys, which one of you doesn't have sin? Go ahead, throw the first stone. You know, he's hanging on the cross and there's this, there's this vicious, horrible criminal next to him. And what does he say to him? He, you know, he says, hey, this day you're going to be with me in paradise. So we need to bring that kind of of humility, of grace and mercy into the church if we're going to deal with the many wounded people uh, that are now in the body of Christ. Absolutely. When we, uh, I think when we're dealing with this subject, I mean, there's always a lot of uh, pain and sorrow, um, shame, guilt that exists. But there's there's the answer. The answer to all of that is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The answer to that is the gospel of the kingdom which he said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world and uh, before he comes, before he returns. And I think our hope is always in the gospel. And I'm, as I think about the kingdom of God, imagine this for a moment. You're sitting out, you're out there and you're hearing this and yeah, you've, you've participated in an abortion or you've had an abortion or you know someone who has and you're feeling like, where do I go from here? The answer is simple. You go to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. because he, and, and the word that introduces the kingdom of God is the word repent, which means to go in a totally different direction. We're going off in this direction. We're doing my thing. I want to do from now on, Jesus is going to be my Lord. I'm going to follow him fully. He will then forgive and heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's the amazing thing, that no matter how dark the road is, no, how much dirt road you've been down, you can turn. You can go from one direction, turn 180 in another direction and experience a totally new life set free yeah. from all the past. That's God right. will forgive all your sins as far as the east is and the west, and there's no more fishing there, and he will set you on a rock 
the rock of the foundation of mm -hmm. Christ, and you can walk in a new way, totally forgiven, totally healed, and over the, the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Christ that paid the price for your sin on the cross, and he gives you eternal life. That's the exchange. That's the root of why we're here. That That is the greatest answer to this problem. And that's really, I think what we really need in our country is a revival. Mm -hmm. And that has to start as we turn from our ways to God's ways. Bento, give us your thoughts on this. Well, really quickly, you know, just kind of capitalizing on this, um, you know, there's a quote in The Dark Knight, so showing my millennial side a little bit. Um, Introduce The Dark Knight. Tell the, us a little about The Dark Batman. Knight. It's Batman. It's about Batman. And um, in this movie, it makes a state. he makes a statement, he says, the, the, the night is always darkest right before the dawn. And I completely agree with you. I think that one of the big issues of our day is the fact that the church has a sense of being stripped of its power in America. Now, I've got to remember, this is America. We're talking about, we've got a lot of national churches, I mean, different nations that are thriving and they're strong and they're enduring persecution because they will not compromise. And I recall my father meeting with a pastor from China who once said, um, you know, I'm praying for you. And this, this pastor said, oh, no, no. No, we are praying for you because you here in America have so much you don't need God. And I believe that what we've seen in this nation thus far is kind of a lulling, of a, a lulling and apathy, a, a putting the church to sleep. And I really do agree that what we're under right now, this persecution that you can say, we, we as Americans don't know persecution yet, but the the morals that we are dealing with, the, the lack, the depravity that we're dealing with is going to cause our nation to bend a knee. And hopefully that is in, in the direction of Christ. That is my prayer. The life issue is an element of that. It is a devaluing, as you said, of human life, of the creation of God and how like the enemy to tear at the very image of God. That is his plan. His strategy is to destroy anything that got, has God's fingerprint on it. And so it is our job. You know, I do see this very much as a battle. This this is a battle, and it is time to take back the front lines of this. And that's what a lot of people like Choices Pregnancy Centers um, and maternity homes are doing right now. Well, Benta, thanks so much for your thoughts, and Raul as well. We're going we're gonna to continue on this subject. Uh, my name is Dave Everett, and I'm uh, welcome. I want to thank you for listening to Koinonia Faith Talk 1360. I'm filling in for Tom Brown. We're going to be back in a moment. We're going to talk about some of the particular answers. We're going to talk about a curriculum that's been developed called the Life Giving Church uh, as a seminar, and some of the things that we can bring in terms of uh, the Word of Truth on the subject to all of those who have an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church in our day. Okay, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360, KPXQ. I'm Dave Everett, filling in for Tom Brown. Uh, with me in studio is Raul Reyes, the president of Crisis Pregnancy Centers of Greater Phoenix, now called Choices Pregnancy Centers. 
and Benta Clark. Benta is the executive director of Arizona Life Coalition, which is a statewide initiative to bring hope and healing and help uh, on the subject of uh, the reverence for human life. So we're going to talk now in this segment. I want to introduce this segment as a um, talking a little bit some of the things that are ways that we can effectively equip uh, the church, equip Christians to deal biblically, redemptively, uh, on the, and with the subject of life and how we can bring hope and healing you know, to, to our churches, how we can help our young people walk out biblical sexual integrity in a way that will uh, keep them out of harm's way. And uh, we realize that when we're looking at this subject, when we talk about the word, when we even introduce the word abortion, we're already talking about a word that's controversial. Um, what Really what we're talking about is introducing and reintroducing the ethical value or the value, the biblical value of the reverence for human life. And uh, I mentioned that at the very onset of the program, simply stated it's the reverence, in, reverence for and sacredness of each and every human life created in the image of God uh, from conception till natural death. And um, why does life has value? Because we're created in the image of God. We, we're just not a part of the, you know, the lions and tigers and bears. You know, we're, we're different. We're created in the very image of God, which makes us unique and distinct and it gives us value, whether you are a size 9 or a size you know, 12 or whatever, whether you wear a Nike or whether you're uh, wearing Adidas or whatever, whatever you're we- you have value because you're created in the image of God. Yeah. Raul, you've done a lot of work on this subject, and um, I know that uh, we've worked hand-in-hand through the years and talked about how we can bring a message of life to the churches. Um, there's now a uh, curriculum that's been developed. Uh, it's being ready to be deployed, uh, you know, church-wide. Tell us a little about the Life-Giving Church, which is the name of that uh, that teaching and that curriculum. It's kind of a seminar. Tell us a little about that. Well, you know, I had the opportunity uh, as the vice president of Life International to travel to, oh, gee, a lot of countries, almost 30 countries, to present a seminar that, that I helped right there called The Journey of a Life Giver. And that really is teaching the basics of the sanctity of human life uh, to pastors and what, all around the world. And what did you find? Okay, worldwide you were out there talking. You went about 30 countries. What were you finding when you went? Uh, that the pastors overwhelmingly had no idea what the sanctity of human life was. They were not only uh, recommending that their parishioners go have abortions, they were having their wives and their children go have abortions, and they were heartbroken and angry and upset when they found out the truth. They were angry that no one had ever shared with the, this information with them before. So they had not seen uh, the scriptures related to the issue of life and protecting life. And understanding the biology of life in the womb or any of that. They, no one had, that. had taken those scriptures and, and then related it back to, to when life begins and the child in the womb. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, it's a lack of education and understanding about prenatal development and things of that. So you take these little fetal models, what, 10, 12 weeks, and put it in their hands as part of that, right? Absolutely. And what, would they, what was the outcome? Well, it, it was a kind of a shocked, a shocked silence. As they realize for the first time, and then they, you know, now they're putting the pieces together, and they're in their minds are going, "Oh, I've had my wife go for three abortions," and oh, wait a second, those weren't just 
products of conception ourselves, those, oh my gosh, those were my children. And then they would weep. Oh, there was wailing. I, I, I've seen women in Africa on the ground wailing. The, top, the Bible talks about wailing. I've seen wailing. I've seen men just break down. And then, and then of course, the Lord heals and forgives. And then what would you do? Now, hang on. They're, 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 they're in deep anguish of soul. What what was presented to them? How did they, would you, you go there? Well, actually what was presented before then is a whole teaching. The very last teaching was all about forgiveness. Mm. And, and right after that teaching is when people kind of went into this period of grieving as they were acknowledging their sin. But in almost every nation, once the grieving session was over, it's like the Holy Spirit would sweep in, and then there was a spirit of, talked about revival. It's like, I mean, I'm literally talking about people dancing conga style throughout the church, singing, praising, like I've never seen before. So you're, you're seeing here the fruit of a genuine call to repentance. An absolute true call to repentance, people truly expressing from the bottom of their heart a repentance for what they've done, and the Lord just pouring his grace upon them, and then uh, just joyous, joyous uh, understanding that they've been forgiven, uh, breaking loose. So this was the journey of a life giver in the nations. Okay, so now let's come back to America, because America, I, I would say that America through the United Nations is probably responsible for taking... Uh, the message of abortion and the what they call liberating women, and then in in, in you know engage and and ensnaring them in this idea that they don't have that it's not a child, and and so now we're looking at America has has communicated this message of death, the culture of death. What is the answer for our country? I mean, now you've gone to the nations, okay? You did the thing with. Uh, the uh, the journey of a life giver. And now there's a newer curriculum that's been developed here for equipping United States pastors, church leaders, men and women. Uh, tell us about that. Well, Life International is is just that they see themselves as uh, to deal with countries outside of the U.S. And so there really was no entity and there was no teaching exclusively on this subject in the United States. We kind of, you know, like so many other things, we, we dust off our Sanctity of Human Life presentation on January 22nd. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some churches do that. And then we really don't address it the rest of the year. And we do that year. because that's the anniversary date of the tragic Ro- of the decision Roe of Roe Wade. versus Wade. So, but, but really besides that, we don't even address it. Um, so what I realized is that what we were teaching, I'm teaching this for it's a four-day seminar around the world, eight hours a day, and, and it's very comprehensive. It's ne- it needs to be comprehensive to deal with the complexity of the issue. And I'm realizing, wow, I'm teaching this around the world to people who, are, who I love, their brothers and sisters in Christ, but my own fellow countrymen in the United States need this. So I came back and rewrote basically uh, that tra- teaching into an American-centric uh, you know, aspect which is called the life-giving church. The idea is that what does the life-giving church look like when it is acting in the fullness of the Holy Spirit? When people are healed, when 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 those who have been involved in all sorts of either being sexually abused or being sexual abusers, when they're healed, when women who've had abortions feel that they can truly feel free to speak about what happened in their life and that they're not going to be condemned, that men instead of being predators 
our protectors. Men have mm. we have such a strong sexual okay. urge, and again, that's a whole other thing that we teach about. The church needs to talk teach about sex. We are sexual, emotional, physical, spiritual, and relational beings, and the church is the proper place to teach adults about it, so that the adults can then teach their children. But if you don't teach a young man about his sexuality and you start, don't start giving him boundaries at an early age, he instead of becoming a protector, he becomes a predator, and we see that happening throughout our nation. So our church is is filled, again, with lots of wounded, hurting people. And I realized we need an organization, a ministry, and I, I don't think I realized that I really feel the Lord laid it on me, that does nothing but focus on that. Now, uh, the CPC is not doing this exclusively, but certainly we are going to be significantly taking a part of our energy, resources, teaching, experience, and aiming at the church. We certainly look at impacting the client, the woman at that point of a life-and-death decision. We certainly have, for years, impacted the community with sexual integrity teachings. But now we realize that more than anything else, if we want to change the culture, if we want to change the country, we need to impact our church. And that's where so much of our focus is going, and that's what this seminar is about. The, the Bible tells us that church is a pillar and support of the truth. And when we talk about this subject and or the life-giving church, we're talking in the context of the call to the church to bring the truth of life. Uh, it's not decoupled from the gospel of the kingdom. It's kind of built together. As I'm looking at the kind of the outline for this, and by the way, help is on the way if you're listening in. Uh, you have an introduction, and then you have, we go to the sanctity of human life, session two, uh, made in the image of God, Loving God and Loving Others, Sanctity of Human Life and the Gospel. Session three is Biblical Human Sexuality. And let me go back to that for a second. So well, let, me, people... let me just run down a few All right, of these. Go on the Biblical whole sexual, uh, uh, human sexuality, sex and the supremacy of Christ, the adversary, the fall, the adversary, the consequences, the devil's plan for your life, uh, worldviews. Um, you know, this is beautiful, and, you know, people getting an understanding of a biblical worldview on these subjects. Impact on culture. Uh, impact on the church, the miracle of mo- uh, miracle to mourning. That's where you talked about the repentance piece. Uh, lifeguards, uh, the role of men, the role of women, the role of marriage, the role of family. And then you have uh, session nine is the life-giving church, session 10, the call to action. Now, this is not something, folks, if you're listening in, this is not something that can be done in 15 minutes on a Sunday morning or 20 minutes. This is a This is a subject that we as the church needs to you know, take in like a sponge and really absorb what God's trying to say to us through his word, which, like you said, overseas is not even known. Uh, Raul, and then I'd like to, uh, Benta, to comment on what you're hearing, Benta. Well, it's similar to, let's say, the Truth Project that was put out by Focus on the Family. You know, it, it really is something, the truth about who Nadelle Christ Tackett is. It just it takes, it takes time to, to understand the complexity. Uh, I just want to say two things about this. First is that um, one of the things that the foundational aspects of this teaching is that Satan is attacking us with this comprehensive, it's a war. And in a war, what, what we may see as isolated and separate instances are not. Every single one of these attacks on our children, on our sexuality, on marriage is a concerted effort to destroy. So it's not just one individual exactly. thing. Exactly. Like, yeah. uh, absolutely. 
Yeah, um, he's pretty brainy. He's been doing this for a long time. He's been doing it for a long time. And, and uh, you know, thing, so many people say the devil is really not smart. No, he is gosh, very smart. Oh, my gosh. And he has taken many of us captive. He's the greatest enemy you will ever have. And the second thing is that the sanctity of human life, see, it is inextricably intertwined with the gospel. See, people go, I can't talk about that at church because that's an issue. No, this is not just an issue. This is the sanctity of life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Got oh. to give us a little on this, what, oh, you I just hear, think what you're hearing. It's here. really exciting. I think it's integral to have this depth, in depth of a look. And I've done the Truth Project, and this is, I'm just reading through this, and it looks outstanding. I'm really excited about it. If you want to contact Benta at Arizona Life Coalition, uh, her email address is BNTA, Benta, Clark, C L A R K, like Clark Kent, the superhero. Uh, at Outlook.com, Benta Clark at Outlook.com, if you'd want to engage with Arizona Life Coalition. If you want to get a hold of CPC, at cpcphoenix.org, and you can uh, contact Raul Reyes at that number. So if you're listening in, you want more information, uh, there's a good source. You'll be back in a moment. You're listening to KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. Okay, you're listening to Dave Everett. I'm filling in for Tom Brown. And this is Koinonia Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. This is our final segment. We just have a few minutes to wrap up. I want to make sure everybody got the contact information correct. I did not, by the way. I spelled Benta's name wrong. It's B-E-N-T-A, Benta Clark, C-L-A-R-K, at Outlook.com. If you want to contact uh, Crisis Pregnancy Centers of Greater Phoenix, Choices Pregnancy Centers, it's cpcphoenix.org, O-R-G. And if you want to contact here uh, us here at Faith Talk Radio, it's faithtalk1360.com is the website. Uh, or you can just call in. And uh, for you calling in, if you want to call into the uh, station, you can probably get that number through the, through the website there. And I'm having the privilege of filling in for Tom Brown. We've had a discussion today about the issue of life, the reverence for human life. Uh, We've had in studio with us Raul Reyes. I want to thank you, Raul, for being a big part of this and for what's going on uh, over there at CPC. Uh, Benta, you've uh, definitely jumped into the deep end with the statewide world uh, at Arizona Life Coalition. And uh, uh, I want to ask you to maybe give us some of your closing thoughts, Benta, as a the younger person in our group, the ones that are looking at the new generation of uh, millennials that are rising up. And uh, just tell us uh, your thoughts about how we could close out and how people can get in touch with you and your thoughts. Well, first of all, I would say that um, it is a duty of every person in Arizona to support their local pregnancy resource center. So if you have any questions about where your local center is, please reach out to me via email. But it is integral that we make sure that these centers stay open so that Planned Parenthood isn't the only option for good health care for women in need. Um, so well, that Planned Parenthood is not an option for life. No, well. it is not. It <laughs> so. is absolutely not. So please, please reach out there. The other thing I would say is um, engage. Engage with your pastor. Engage with your local leaders on the life issue and remember um, most of all to keep grace as the for the foremost of your conversation when dealing with this issue that would be my call to the state remember god is love and uh, so yeah we want to thank you both for being here today faith talk want to thank tom brown uh, you've been listening to koinonia on faith talk 1360 
I'm privileged. Uh, my name is Dave Everett. I'm privileged being a guest of uh, speaker for today for Tom Brown, uh, who will be back. And so stay in, uh, stay tuned to 13. 